Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, and they have been since 1972. Even during these crazy times, they are an essential business and have filled many needs for different businesses such as medical, military, defense, government, wind energy, even food and beverage. They're also family-owned and diehard Denver sports fans, just like everyone here at DNBR. They're known for cutting and supplying rubber snowplow blades, but they also provide custom-cut rubber and foam gaskets, hose assemblies, even cut metal parts. So if you need anything for your projects, you can give them a call today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my go-to place to pick up my Breckenridge Brewery like I have right here. I'm Rudo. He's AJ Hayfley. We are in to talk about a couple of things today. We will get to the NHL awards that have officially been announced, some of the the basic point total ones, nothing too surprising there. But before we get to that, an interesting conversation that has come up today Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres uh, have struggled, to say the least. They're a team that has not made the playoffs in the Jack Eichel era at all. And, Nine years in a row now. Yep. Even that dating back before Eichel. Um, and there have been some reasonable similarities drawn to the Av situation with Matt Duchesne as their leading star and the struggles that the teams have gone through. So I guess let's start with Eichel himself. Extremely hyped player, you know, obviously was never going to eclipse McDavid, but was supposed to be a huge, huge prize for Buffalo. Has he lived up to that hype at least? Boy, that's a hard question because do you remember 2015? There were three names in 2015 that everybody was talking about in with the 2015 draft. Yep. It was Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, and Austin Matthews. Yep. Because Austin Matthews, who would get drafted in 2016, was born two days late to make the cutoff for the 2015 draft. Yeah, and there were uh, there were many people saying had he been born two days earlier, he would have gone ahead of Eichel. No one was saying and, he was going to go ahead of McDavid, but... Right, and the, the consensus was McDavid won. And then after that, a lot of questions mm-hmm. about <clears throat> who was going to... Who was better, Eichel or Matthews? Right. It was, you know... It was a big win for the United States because they were both American. Yep. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> but has has Eichel lived up to that hype? I think I'm I I want to say yes because he is very very good. Certainly. Um the injuries have slowed him down a little bit. Yeah, definitely fair to say. Um because he has in the, he, so this was his 5th year. Yep. And year number 1, so he he goes to he gets drafted. He goes to uh, he goes to Boston University, puts up an insane season in, as a freshman. Yep. Like we were all we're all over the board excited about Alex Newhook and his what like 48 points this year. 42. 42? Okay. Jeez, 42. Jack Eichel had a 71 point freshman year. Yeah. Got to play a few more games than Newhook, but nonetheless, still right. In, but in in 40 games, like a 71 point freshman year, and then that's and that's in his draft year. Yep. <laughs> so you're talking like this is not a guy that ripped up the USHL. No. You know this this was not Jack Hughes going two points per game for two straight years. This was a dude who went to college early and and still crushed it. <laughs> had, had one of the all-time great college, college seasons. seasons. Yep. Gets drafted and goes into the NHL and puts up a couple of 50-point seasons and it's like eh wasn't All right, the first season wasn't great. 56 points in 81 games. Right, but a rookie year. You're right. like, hey, he's 18. Like, if you're not comparing him to Mr. Point Per Game, Connor McDavid, right. a 56-point rookie year for a teenager, you're like... Looking way, way better than Hughes and Kakao's rookie seasons, put it that way. <laughs> combined. Yeah, exactly. He had a better rookie year than those two guys combined. And then in 16-17, it seemed like he was popping off with 57 points in 61 games, but that's where the injuries came in. Right, 61 games. Year three, 67 games. Year four, 77. This year, 68, which I don't know how many games Buffalo played, but that would have been right around all of them. The thing is, the last three years, he's been a point-per-game player. Yeah, he's, he's figured out that side of it. When he's healthy, he has become that impact player, certainly. Right, a, a dominant first-line center, a true like first-line center. I don't know where he would be. He's absolutely a top ten center in the NHL. Yep. Um, you and I, you and I would agree. It's an Evan apparently based on our roundtable that we did yeah, on this right. topic. <laughs> uh, that it's that it's uh, McDavid, uh, McKinnon, Crosby and Crosby. And McKinnon, yeah, all in the top three. That's our top three, and then you know from there you're talking Dreisaitl in there. Dreisaitl and Matthews yeah. and and Eichel and you know somewhere in there he's certainly in the top ten. Yep. I if he if he's at ten it means that the league is better than I thought. Yeah, I. So uh, probably not top five, but six, seven, maybe. I would. Yeah, assume. he he might even be five. Honestly, you could like, probably make a case for it. Yeah. All of this just to say that he is a he's a top twenty player in the league. He's yep. exceptional. Yep, for sure. He is very very good. Now his contract, you know, his contract. It was oh well, I've got to get something like what McDavid got. 
it's not going to be as high, but it ended up being a little more than it should have been. And whatever. He's living, he's ultimately, like, if he continues to play like he did this year. Contract value is pretty irrelevant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he's he's looking, he's trending more towards a 100-point player than a 70-point player. Yep. That's great. Like, Eichel is awesome, is the thing. Like, he's very, very, very good and an upper echelon player. I would say he's lived up to probably, like, 90% of his draft type. What you take that? Yeah. So... So from the Eichel standpoint, <clears throat> Buffalo's issues are not on him. Right. Like there's, you know, as the captain, as the face, as the leader, it ultimately is going to come back to him. But the, you're talking about uh, a management team that has really struggled to consistently put players around him. And yeah. Even, you know, uh, Sam Reinhardt, very good, right? Like, solid guy. We've talked about him on this pod. As as a, hey, if Buffalo decides to kind of burn it down and try again, they don't want to pay that guy, you know, whatever. But the comparison that I made on Twitter to the Duchesne era in Colorado, this is a top pick. He's your, t- he's your franchise center. He's the guy that's coming in. And since then, since that has happened, Buffalo has picked 8th overall, 8th overall, 1st overall, and 7th overall. Yep. It's since been... they took Jack Eichel. Well, and the frustrating thing about that for me is that they've picked quite well. Even go to the couple years before they got to pick Jack Eichel, they were loading up. They had... Grigorenko, Gergensen's, and McCabe picked in 2012. Ristolainen, Zadorov, Comfort picked in 2013. As you mentioned, Reinhardt in 2014. Also, Brendan Lemieux. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Brendan Gooley in the Eichel drafts. And then you, you go forward, Alex Nylander, Rasmus Asplund, Casey Middlestat, and then, of course, Dahling a couple years ago. They've drafted well around him. They just have not managed their assets. Zadorov and Comfort gone. Alex Neal Ryan O'Reilly gone and right Ryan O'Reilly acquired for a couple years and then gone (laughs) the thing with the O'Reilly that was fine like you'll take that right like Mm -hmm. I would trade I would trade Zadorov and Comfort today for Ryan O'Reilly sure but they didn't hang on to him and get any real value out of it this is the thing they didn't accomplish what they thought they were accomplishing when they went and got him yeah so they they got that guy and they didn't have Jack Eichel when they got Ryan O'Reilly. Right. Exactly. They got Jack Eichel, and it was like, okay, they they have Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, and Ryan O'Reilly now. And now they're stacked. <laughs> and it's like they're set. Whatever, whatever, however it plays out with Reinhart, you know, O'Reilly is proven in the NHL. Jack Eichel's your one C. Like they are set. Sam Reinhart needed to be, you know, he's 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 good, and he's he's fit in nicely on the wing. The problem is that they just didn't do anything after that. I mean, you give him credit for drafting well, but Alex Nylander, eighth overall, and Casey Middlestat, eighth overall, both look like busts. And Alex Nylander's already gone. He's in Chicago. I, Yeah, I, I know Nylander's gone. And, and yes, certainly, there have been some struggles with Middlestat, but they're getting NHL players here. My problem is... 
that they're not getting the correct NHL players. For example, they went out and got Ryan O'Reilly, and they found out real quick, oh, Rasmus Ristolainen cannot carry this defense by himself. And then it took them until 2018 to finally get Darlene and help shore that up, and then all of a sudden they don't have the forward depth anymore to be consistent offensively beyond Eichel and Reinhardt, basically. Yeah. And they, they, they've just been on this seesaw for like nine years of, okay, now our forward core is good. And then they give up forward assets to make their defense good. And then they give up defensive assets to make their forward good. And they can't find the balance. Right. So all the while goaltending has been a revolving door, right? I, you know, I they gave up a first round pick a goaltending yeah. <laughs> for Robin Lehner. Lehner hangs around for a couple of years and then they move on. They just let him leave. And he figures they it give, out after the fact, <laughs> right? They, they give, they give the job to Carter Hutton because yeah. he was coming off a career year in St. Louis. And it was like, Oh, it turns out this guy's actually not good. He had He's a the backup year. that he has been. Yeah. And now, again, still searching. Yeah, their starting so, goaltender this year was Linus Olmark. Like, they, where, where they, where they remind me of the ads, because that's really where I want to kind of bring this back home. Yeah. Where they remind me of the ads is talent, talent isn't really the problem. They have skilled players, as, as you've mentioned, with all these guys. You know they've they've been bringing in talent. Yep. Even when they when they send talent out outside of the O'Reilly deal to St. Louis, they've brought a lot of talent back. Yep. Like they they moved Goulet for Brandon Montour, who did not have a great year, but is is like is a well-regarded young player and, and could still be a good defenseman in the NHL. You know, they've, they've had plenty of talent and that they haven't even in a, in a league where half the teams make the postseason, and every year you get one or two teams that get really, really hot and somehow sneak into the playoffs, even if they aren't like that good. And they haven't even managed to, to be that team. Right. This this was a team that uh, they had a 10-game winning streak in the fall. And that that should almost guarantee you a playoff berth alone to get 20 points in a row. You need 95-ish points to make the postseason. You got 20 of them in a if, row. If you get 20 points in a row early in the season, your playoff make-it percentages is seriously like 90% or something. Right. It's It's very, very high. And they still couldn't manage it. And it's a combination of coaching, management, all of it. And culture, the organization just seems stuck in neutral at all times. Yep. It it has the same kind of culture problem that we talked about with the Avs, where what did the Avs dra- do drastically to get rid of their culture problem? Everybody looks at the Matt Duchesne trade and said, oh, that's that was the jumping off point, right? Yep. But... There, I mean, you can't, there has to be more than that. It could not, I'm, I'm as, as vocal as I've been about Matt Duchesne being removed from the equation was a good thing for the organization. It was a good thing for McKinnon and some of the guys in the room. It's not like that was the magical elixir to the entire organization having that losing stank on it. Right. I, we've talked about 
EJ wanting to be there a lot and, and helping mm-hmm. lead that team. The the exorcism of some of the old vets and the schism in the locker room with Francois Beauchemin yeah. yelling at everybody in practice. And, you know, whether there was some merit to that yelling or not, they had to get everyone on the same page. And eventually they did. Buffalo has yet to do that. Uh, you even yeah. you, you see it all the time. It's one of the reasons I... I'm so interested in, in someone like a Sam Reinhardt is because every time that dude talks to the media, it seems like he absolutely hates his life in Buffalo. Right. Well, and this is what kicked it off today was that Jack Eichel was very honest about the losing in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I'm, I'm sick of it. I want to be, I want to be in the playoffs. I want, I, I want to, you know, it's been, it's been a rough five years. I'm, I'm over this. And we started to feel a lot of that with Duchesne. Yep. Halfway through that that third contract, all of a sudden, you know, it was like I don't want to. You do start this getting to talk about how I just want to win. Mm-hmm. And that team ain't winning. <laughs> You're not making your way as a young player anymore. Him putting up, you know, eighty points in seventy games is not meaningful if they're in the bottom six, seven of the standings and they're not even close. Exactly. Uh, I it think just it's... doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. This, he's doing all that heavy lifting, yeah. And the the organization's trying. It's not like they're sitting around just like doing nothing. They've made a lot of moves. Like you go down and you look at their defense between Ristolainen, Colin Miller, Brandon Montour, Jake McCabe, Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Yokiharu. They just let Lawrence Pilot leave. Like. They should have a solid defense there. And none of them are old. Yeah. The oldest guy on that list is Colin Miller at 27. All of those guys have had good NHL seasons in their somewhere somewhere in their careers. I don't it just it makes no it, sense. It, it comes to Buffalo and everything, it just seems like it collapses. Marco Scandella is a great example of this. They got Marco Scandella, uh, and what happened? career cratered and they moved him out for a fourth round pick (laughs) totally fell apart totally fell apart and then goes elsewhere lands in st louis immediately fits in and gets a multi-year deal yep it's insane it it for whatever reason and you have to think this comes down to one the culture and two the the front office and coaching to a significant degree um, but we can get into that a little bit more in the second period, as it is time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I got my vanilla porter here that I've been sipping on since, I mean, it's not quite five, but it's close enough. AJ and I haven't been able to make it down to the bar again yet, but I think the plan is this weekend. I'll be coming down for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully we can get down there. Obviously, capacity extremely limited at the moment, but. We'll be down there soon enough, and, and hopefully sooner rather than later things open back up. You can also always head down to the Breckenridge Brewery Farmhouse to pick up your Breck brew. You can get a 15-can sampler and try whichever ones you like. You know I love them all. They're all amazing. If you can't get down there, you can always get it delivered with an app like Drizzly as well. So help out Breck Brew during these trying times and, and pick them up from even your local grocery store or something like that. Also... My DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week, by the way, as UFC returns again this weekend. They are doing a little bit of an odds boost for Tyron Woodley. He's finished 12 of his 17 fights in his career. 12, that's not true. 12 of his 17 wins in his career. And they're giving an odds boost of plus 195 for him to finish his fight 
coming up this weekend on uh, Saturday, I believe, the 30th. So that's my bet. I think it's I think it's pretty easy money. He's a big favorite on on the money line. He's minus 185. So there's a pretty big expectation on this guy to win, and he's a pretty solid finisher. Get your bets in. Get your easy money. DraftKings Sportsbook, the best sportsbook app around. And you can get up to $1,000 as a new user when you use the sign-up code DNVR as well. It's 3000 bucks to play with when you drop in some money there. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast as... We can kind of start wrapping up or working our way through the rest of the Eichel saga in Buffalo. I actually haven't looked. I should look this up. How many coaches have they had in his tenure? Uh, The five of them? I think three. So three coaches in five years? That's that's a few. Because they had... Uh, they've got Ralph Kruger now. They had... Yeah, his name Bill's totally Mudd, escaping Housley, me. Yeah, yeah, Housley. Thank you. Yeah, both. They had Housley two seasons each. Yeah. So and Housley uh, was brutal, brutal, and like he was a top assistant. Like you could, that was a justifiable hire in that he was one of the top assistants in the NHL. Everybody felt good about him transitioning as a head coach. You take your chances, you know. We when you were talking about those those guys that are unproven as NHL head coaches, yep, that's Colorado a guy worth chance. taking a chance on, right? Colorado's taking that chance three times in a row with uh, with head coaches with yep. Joe Sacco, Patrick Waugh, and now Jared Bednar. You know, it's working out for Vancouver with Travis Green. Like sometimes it works, and then sometimes it's Phil Housley. Yeah, that's the unfortunate truth. Um, the problem being none of these three coaches have had a single season at even 500, let alone yeah. a winning season. And yeah, it's uh, now in the current NHL less than ever, even 10 years ago, I think there was a significant difference in play style between the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. They all you always talked back in the day about how oh the Western Conference focuses on the skill control the puck game the Eastern Conference is much more physical grindy and and at times even a little bit more sloppy but especially post uh, lockout that really isn't the case at all it, you know every team is trying to possess yeah. the puck as much as humanly possible with the rise of analytics and and things like that. Still a little, there's still a difference, but it's not what it used to be. Yeah. It's not, it's not a whole identity. Exactly. So, I don't know, is there just less room for creativity when it comes to coaches? Do they need to fit a certain scheme? Or has Buffalo just run cold in that area, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) I mean... If you did, that's, you'd be in Buffalo's front office fixing yeah, the problem. <laughs> yeah, like that's, you know, the chicken and the egg conversation, right? Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it, I mean, 
look, Buffalo's in a tough spot, and I guess from the Avs side of things, what to to take away from that is how appreciative people should be that the Avs figured it out and put it together because there was another timeline that, yeah, the Avs go the same way that Buffalo goes here and they get that fourth overall pick and, and maybe they don't pick Kale McCarr or, you know, or they get first overall and they take Nolan Patrick. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they, that doesn't work out and they don't make that next step as an organization. And all of a sudden, you know, they're miring in the middle of the central division instead of competing for the top of it. And well, and then, and then they look like Dallas because Dallas wasted Jamie Ben's prime. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now you look at, at where Ben is and the money that he's making and the player that he is. It's going downhill. <laughs> it gets a little bit worse every year, and his price tag hurts a little more every year. Yep. And I'm to this to this day, I remain shocked that Tyler Sagan, when the NHL scoring broke out a couple of years ago, and it took that huge jump from like, oh, 90 points was like top of the league, to now we uh, we have putting all... up 115 every year, yeah. right? Like we, we're back to like normal NHL levels where a couple of guys are. Just very explosive, right? Yep. yep. Tyler Sagan didn't take nothing changed. Yeah. There was no leap. Uh, that's exactly a guy you target to be like, okay, maybe this guy's a 50 goal scorer now. Oh, straight up. That's I kept waiting, and yeah. it was just nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You just copy and paste. And, like, it's not to say Sagan is, like, bad all of a sudden. It's just that relative to his peers, he was near the top of the food chain. And now he's, I don't even know where. Just kind of a solid offensive guy. <laughs> yeah. So, Like a top line player? Sure. But not, uh, I don't think anybody would think of him as elite. No. I, uh, he would not be anywhere near Eichel in the conversation of, of top 10 centers or, or anything like no. that. So. And there's no way anybody in the NHL would take Tyler Sagan over Jack Eichel. Any, there's no way anybody... <laughs> There's, there's no way a decision maker in the NHL would do that. Yeah, for sure. So, it, yeah. I don't want to say anybody because Tyler Sagan's hot and, you know. <laughs> anybody who makes decisions in the end. Hey, all right. It would probably wouldn't be the first decision in the NHL based on attractiveness. The Avs, based, the Avs successfully built a team of male models here. Right. So. <laughs> like, the yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, teams, teams still make decisions based on if dudes are hot and the Avs are like, the one example, the great example of that. <laughs> get hot dudes and just like hope they can hope get they hot can play. dudes. Team gets hot, <laughs> right? Win exactly. Hot games. I don't... Like they get hot, sticks get hot, they start scoring pucks. Like it just <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, Cygnus, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show, but if you had to yeah. put money on it, AJ Matthews or Eichel. If I had, if you forced me to pick one to start a franchise with, I'm taking Matthews. I would agree. Dude scored 40 it's, goals. <laughs> it's razor thin. Yeah. Like if 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 somebody were to say I'll take Eichel, I'd be like, okay, that's totally you, defensible. That argument is fair. Yeah. Yeah, I I I have no bones about that. That's fine. Like it's 
they're both they're both really good and in like that tier two of centers in the NHL. Yeah, so for sure. Well, maybe see what Buffalo is doing is they're just actually drafting the best golfing hockey players and we don't know it yet, but they're coming to dominate us on WGT Golf, which is now our gaming sponsor here at DNVR. You can download WGT and join the DNVR Clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. WGT Golf is the most realistic free golf game out there and it's loved by more than 20 million players around the world. You can play from the comfort of your couch or anywhere on the go right on your phone as a mobile game. And you can play a bunch of different versions, whether it be closest to the hole, full stroke play, match play, on famous courses including Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, St. Andrews, etc. They have it all on there. And you can even compete in our tournaments that we have every couple of weekends. Every month, we're running them through our DNVR clubhouse. I believe we have over 250 members now at this point. So always a ton of people on and playing the game. So get in there, dnvrgolf.com, and download WGT Golf today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. AJ, as we do come back around, I guess this episode has really been more of a league-wide thing than an avalanche thing for the most part, yeah. but that's the news of the day. The thing that Eichel does not have is any NHL awards. He came fourth in Calder voting in his his rookie season and has not managed to capture any of them, even with his point-per-game seasons in more recent years. What, what was that rookie class? Right, I mean, that was sick, but... <laughs> Sorry, let me pull it up uh, real quick here. I, well, I think that was the year Panarin. So McDavid was, yeah. should have been ahead of him because McDavid. That was the that was the oh, Artemi Panarin is old, coming from the KHL. Uh, McDavid only played half the season because he had the injury, and so it was like. And then Ghost Gostas Bear was the ah, it's yeah. the other guy. Okay, yeah. there you go. That'll be the Adam Fox. And then well behind Eichel was Dylan Larkin. Boy, that's a good class. Yep. Jeez, man, you go down that. Also in that class, Max Domi, John Gibson, Colton Pareko. <laughs> it falls off a little after that, but... That's that... a really good rookie class, though. Yeah. Well, on that note... Oh, wow, that's good. Not announced, but... Do you have a favorite for uh, a rookie of the year this year, perhaps? <laughs> um, or have you accepted that it's going to be Quinn Hughes? Uh, you know, I've been on the fence about this one all year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I do, I do everything I can to remove my bias uh, from it that... Um, that I see Kale McCarr up close every day. That, you know, I'm... It's not so much a numbers thing that I have favoring him as it is the uh, the intangibles. The it factor, uh, man. Yeah. That, that we saw... The, you know, it's funny because it gets held against Kale McCarr that the Avs are a really good team. And then you see Kale McCarr, or you see the Avs play without Kale McCarr when he was hurt. 
and you're like, you know what? This is a really solid hockey team. Yep. And then you see them with Kale McCarr, and you're like, this is a borderline elite There's a team. definitive difference there. Yep. And the difference between the difference between uh, the hardest the hardest thing to do in the NHL is to go from good to great. Yep. And the difference between Vancouver with or without Hughes is they're okay without and then they're 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 pretty good. they're pretty decent yeah. low end of good with him. Macar Macar takes them from takes the abs from it makes good the abs special. Yeah. Exactly. I I and, can't disagree. And that's and that's where I can't show a Vancouver Canucks fan or writer one that would I can't I can't have Thomas Drance on on the podcast and say this is why this I can't I can't send this to him right and say this is my this is my empirical evidence step by step statistical why I right right, of why I'm voting Makar over Hughes this is you know it's 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 just a, a feel it's a thing that you just you know yep I'm just around the team and you just have to trust me that this exists so Honestly, that's a great idea. I should reach out to Thomas and have him come on, and we can do Hughes versus McCarr all day. Should definitely do that. Yes. So. So that's you know if I'm if I'm voting McCarr is is one Hughes is two and Adam Fox is three and uh, I think Kubalik is probably four. I don't have any arguments with that order. I would have McCarr at one as well, though historically. Knowing how voters felt about the the Eichel McDavid year, there were many guys who said they take health as a, a very serious consideration, and the number of games that McCarr missed, I definitely see some voters turning off of him and, and moving towards Hughes, who did miss a couple of games as well, actually, but not as many as McCarr. So, I do see that affecting the vote to a, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I think if anything, I think the games played conversation might favor Makar because there's only a three point difference between Makar and Hughes. And I right, I do think that helps him a lot. His points per game is significantly higher. His yeah. five on five production as well. Yeah, there's I think five on five production is like seven or eight points. Yep, and that's with Hughes having an extra minute and a I half or I've... two minutes a game or something at five on five yeah whatever, and yeah. and a number however many extra games played it ended up being yep. um so it's you know it's it's what a 10 or 11 games so yep. you're talking right around just under a just under a month's worth of games yep um and only a three-point difference for so, sure it's the games played might help Makar in that way because it's like, oh, well, he missed a couple of games, but they were almost identical in production. You know, it was just a three point difference. If you give him two extra weeks, especially on that team, you feel good about the idea that Makar would score more than three points. Yeah, definitely uh, would feel pretty confident about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there, but we do have some official awards as well instead of just speculation here. Uh, as of today, officially, the Rocket Richard will go to, of course, Alex Ovechkin, but also tied by David Pasternak. What a friggin' season that kid had. Yeah, I think Pasternak is going to push McKinnon in heart voting. Just just a hunch. I mean, 
doesn't matter because Leon Dreisaitl is going to win that, who also won the Art Ross with 110 points as the only player to break the 100-point mark this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that... Like, it was a conversation until McDavid got hurt, and then Leon Dreisaitl just absolutely went off. Yeah, until he separated completely, yep. definitely. And it was like, well, okay. I guess uh, I guess Dreisaitl's taken that one away. Uh, I, I have zero argument against Dreisaitl, basically, when it comes to the heart at this point. Any Anything? Can you dig deep and find... Excuse me, can you dig deep and find something? Yeah, um, I the the name that's not gonna the the name that's not gonna get uh, on here, but might honestly get my first place vote would be Connor Hellebuck. Goaltenders because are always a scenario there. Yeah, if you if you talk about if you want to get into value and you want to say these are guys that are the most valuable to their team, Nathan McKinnon is obviously insanely valuable to the Avalanche. The Winnipeg Jets would be a bottom five team without Connor. With Hellebuck. that defense, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd... they would have been they would have been absolutely awful, and instead they are going to be in the play-in round. And they were they were pushing for more than that. They were they were like they legitimately... were hunting down Dallas basically. Exactly, yeah. they were right. I think they finished two points behind Dallas. I they think were so. and they were they were coming on strong. Yep. So I think that. Honestly, I, I, it's too good of a year. Like Jose Theodore won the MVP because, in part, he had an insane season, uh, and the MVP that year was on the weaker, a weaker side. class. Yeah. So that you know, it takes a perfect storm for a goalie to win. That storm doesn't exist this year. But I think Hellebuck deserves, uh, Hellebuck deserves to be to be mentioned in this conversation, even though I don't think he'll do well in the voting. He was awesome. He was really awesome. And I might have him. I might have him. If, if I were to have a ballot, a theoretical ballot here, I, I might have him at number one. If I really sat down and wanted to say value, I would say dry had an unbelievable season. And uh, I just think that, you gotta you gotta reward a guy. He's got defensive problems, obviously. Yeah. He gives back a lot of his gains. That that's meaningful, but uh, you know, hockey is also a team sport, and he's also thirteen points ahead of the next closest producer in the league. And like <laughs> results matter. Yeah. And I understand that we are getting we are moving into a world where point production and goals scored and all of that is starting to get overlooked in for for in favor of process but that's insane to me a guy's 13 points better than the next than the second best offensive season in the entire nhl he's winning mvp okay question for you aj hit me who's more cursed alex ovechkin or nathan mckinnon alex ovechkin yeah Uh, Ovechkin having multiple seasons taken away in his chase for the most goals in the NHL. Nathan McKinnon having multiple seasons of just shy of 100 points. Two lockouts in a pandemic. Are you kidding? Yeah. If you, you basically add, call it 45 goals for the full lockout year. And then you can add maybe another 20 for the half lockout year. And then a pandemic, you'd, he ended up with 48 goals this year, would have easily hit 50-plus. Yeah. 
Could have could have had a sixty goal season if he just got crazy down the end. Right, you're talking if about we've seen before. Like we've seen this. You're really talking about a, Alex Ovechkin could have seventy more goals in his career if not for the lockouts and and strange things like this. And yeah. he's he's already pushing down the top ten goal scorers of all time. Yep. And he he. Should finish second easily. The, right. the, I don't think it'll for, be close. Yeah, the chase for it's the chase for Gretz. That's it, that's of intrigue. And he'd be, you know, reasonably, maybe not quite, but with those extra seasons and time lost, he could be within a hundred goals of Gretz right now. With mm-hmm. with those seasons. Yep. Instead, he's got a hundred and eighty something left. Right. Where you're like, hey, if he has three more 50 goal seasons at ages 35, 36, and 37, then great. <laughs> he got him. Yeah, that's all he needs. <laughs> Which I mean, so, it's Ovi, so I wouldn't put it past him. But yeah, um, I'm. <clears throat> you just never know, and he's been remarkably healthy. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, all right. The other awards that have been officially handed out are the William M. Jennings Trophy for fewest goals allowed, uh, Tuka Rasking, Arslav Halak, and the ridiculous New York or uh, Boston. Sorry. Uh, I just I just want to say I think Yaro Halak is one of the has had one of the most underrated goaltender careers of this generation. Consistently worked his way into starter jobs around the league. <laughs> like like behind Carey Price has an insane playoff year, ruins Ovechkin's dreams. It's a starter job in St. Louis and, you know, and then bounces around whatever whatever, but like has has always found a way to be productive. I mean, he goes to be a clear backup behind Tuka Rask, who's one of the top five goaltenders of the last ten years, and turns it into a, turns it into a platoon because he just plays that well. Yeah, he he had one down season in his entire career, and it was one where he only played sixteen games, where he had an eight ninety nine. If you look at only seasons where he played at least twenty games, his worst season in the league is a nine oh eight save percentage. Guy is, yeah, Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop is very much the same way. Yep. The six of the last seven years for Ben Bishop, he has been a minimum of league average. Consistently that or above. Yep. Well, I mean, credit where credit's due there. Yeah. Hey, and, you know, Boston's, they're they're awesome. Yeah, they're they beast. were awesome. They're a beast. <laughs> no, no two ways about that. Uh, it It doesn't get any different around that. Um, a couple of other things kind of rounding out the, not awards, but, you know, interesting stuff. David Riddich, uh, the only person to go 6-0 and in shootouts this season. The only goaltender, I should say. Cool. Um, That'll Thomas, be helpful come playoff time. Thomas Chabot led ice time with 22-30 per game. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Brady Kachuk and Brad Marchand get to uh, share the uh, penalties taken award. Nice. <laughs> Boston gets the President's Trophy, right? Yes, Boston will get the President's Trophy as well. Is there one that we're forgetting? Probably. Isn't there like a Bud Light presents the oh, yeah, something or other? Whatever, yeah. 
blah 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 plus minus award the double extra special i mean we can let's just i'll just go to the nhl.com and his poop website and we'll look up the uh the statistical leaders yeah the plus minus winner of the year is ryan graves there you go abs are already on the board with an award ryan graves takes one down uh beats out artemi panarin and like half of carolina's roster yeah <laughs> No, it's uh, it's Artemi Panarin and Jacob Slavin, Dougie Hamilton, and then no joke, like half of. Yeah, and then Tampa Val Nuchushkin pops up in there somewhere too, but. Yeah, he's he finished eighth. There you go. Um, yeah. You have Val Nuchushkin and Ryan Graves in the top ten of plus minus. <laughs> what a world! <laughs> Super good statistic. <laughs> um, you have to think Carlson's probably going to win the Norris. Ah. <sighs> Who's going to win the Norris? Carlson. Oh, John. Yes. yes. John Carlson. Yes. Not Eric. I have to I have to think that he's in play for it uh, alongside. Yossi, maybe. Yeah. Yossi was the other guy that I had in mind. Yep. Let's see. Who is the assist king this year, Dreisaitl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, those are all the major awards. The face, yeah. face-off king? Uh, I'd have to. Who cares? Yeah. You, uh, technically, Alex Ovechkin is 100% on face-offs this year, by the way. Yeah, what did he go two for two? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the numbers, but... <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. The awards have, have come out, at least the ones that they can award without voting. So, um, yeah. Interesting that the Avs will get the, uh, the plus-minus award with Ryan Graves again, you know. They're they're yeah. kind of building a history now. Well, I don't want to say a history, but recent history, they've had a defenseman who has gone off the chain with the plus minus the past couple of years, with Nemeth yeah. doing it as well. <laughs> yeah, Graves though. I mean, plus forty. Yeah, that um, otherworldly a little bit, but it it really is. I was getting into the, I was getting into like some some of the history of plus minus, and like I was like, what if he finishes plus fifty, like. What does that look like in let's see in I, history, right? Yeah, we can look at if I go to two thousand and don't sum the results. <laughs> there are three players that have had above plus fifty. <laughs> yeah, since two thousand, and two of them are Avs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, Hayduk and Forsberg both were plus 52 in 0203. And then Jeff Schultz in 0910 was plus 50. <laughs> Even Ryan Graves' uh, Ryan Graves is plus 40 will tie him with a whole bunch yeah. of guys. But I say a whole bunch of guys. It's really just Nick Lidstrom a bunch of times. Scott Stevens, Chris Chilios, and the immortal Tom Pricing. Immortal. Former Avalanche Tom Pricing. For a hot second. Yeah. I think he played two games and they put him on waivers. Alright, what's let's go let's go all time. Let's go all time NHL plus minus. <laughs> Bobby Orr had a plus one hundred and twenty four season. I don't even know what to say to that. That's a record that may never be broken, legitimately. There are there are some records that are not going to get broken that exist in the NHL. Yep. Like, 
the the points in a season to 215 that's not happening you know gretzky's never, points in ever, his career ever, yeah um Barring... the big one that I, that I i don't think gets talked about very much but is never going to get broken is the islanders winning 19 straight playoff yep. series four cups in a row <laughs> Barring a fundamental change in the way the NHL functions, those things will never happen again. Yep. Um, but maybe that's a, a topic for another podcast on another day, perhaps. Is It is time to wrap up a little bit here. I'm glad we have so much to talk about that our podcasts are running a bit long again, though, uh, with hockey things happening and, and, and all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. We will be back on Friday as per usual uh, with another podcast. I believe we're doing a watch along as well. Not 100% sure on what on, but we'll figure it out. Hope y'all will show up for all that as usual. Appreciate all the live listeners as always. Uh, other than that, eh, thanks for listening. And it is just about time for us to get out of here. But first, make sure you are taking care of of your hair down there. Manscaped has you covered with everything you need to trim below the belt, starting with their Lawnmower 3.0, which is the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Created with ceramic blades, so there's no pinching or nicking or anything gnarly like that. You're good to go. You just bring it in there, you shave what you need to shave, and you get out. And after that, you can set up their entire perfect package system, which includes some nice deodorant that is anti-chafe as well, and some toner to keep everything fresh below the belt. They even give you an amazing carrying case, so you can take care of your stuff on the go just head to manscape.com and use code dnvr20 to get 20 percent off and free shipping when you order your balls will thank you bye everybody we will see you next time the mbr avalanche with hayfully and rudo the mbr avalanche with hayfully and rudo the mbr avalanche with hayfully and rudo Our avalanche with AJ Hayfully.